Hey guys, James here. A reminder, before we get started, there are two ways that you can watch this episode if you desire. If you're right now on Spotify, you can actually opt in to see the video that goes along with the audio you're about to hear. Or you can find every episode of the Carolina Weather Group on the Carolina Weather Group YouTube channel. Thanks for being an audio podcast subscriber. Enjoy this week's episode. It is Wednesday, February 2nd, 2022. I'm James Briarton in Charlotte, and welcome to a live edition of the Carolina Weather Group, episode 398. I can't believe it. We have our panel here tonight. We have two very special guests who are going to tell us about their once-in-a-lifetime blizzard chase. Sitting together, I think joined at the hip in Myrtle Beach, we have Ed Piotrowski. And Greg Fischel, uh, both legendary broadcast meteorologists here in the Carolinas. Joining us on our Carolina Weather Group panelists uh, this week, we have Jared Smith in Charleston, Scotty Powell in Morganton, North Carolina, and Frank Strait in Columbia. I'm looking forward to this conversation. It's going to be great. We were talking a little before the show, and I'm going to roll some video here just to let everybody know. This is this. We, we watch this play out. Last week on Twitter, as so many of us here in the Carolinas were experiencing our third encounter with winter weather, I, I think you guys must have saw that forecast and said, hold my beer. We're going to Boston. Um, I'm not sure which one of you to ask first, but am I am I right? Is this a, Was this a bucket list item, Ed, where you were like, I got to go in 55 years? Yeah, man. Blizzard. I- I've seen a lot of snow in my in my day, even that big snowstorm we had in Christmas of 89, but that wasn't a blizzard. So I'd never been in a blizzard and, and I made it a bucket list item that I'm gonna get there this year, no matter where we have to go. And it just so happened to be, it was a, a bullseye, just a perfect place to go in uh, Boston. And uh, you know, you're were, you were talking about beer. We definitely felt a draft up there. I mean, it was like 15 <laughs> degrees during the whole farm, so. I, I hear they even have some uh, some famous people with beers named after them there, if I recall correctly. Yeah. So it was a good it was a good city for it. I'm wondering, as somebody who works in broadcast television during the day, how did you convince the powers that be to let you a go and do this? Which I'd have to imagine you did semi last minute because at sure. best you knew a week out. Uh, but B, also during a time when there was a little bit of winter precip happening back at home right. in Myrtle Beach. How did that happen? Well, I, I made the decision actually Wednesday morning. I talked to my wife and we decided we're going to do this. I said, well, before I do that, I've got to get permission from the news director. And uh, Victoria was really cool. I said, it's a minor event for us. Maybe get an inch of snow. It'll be more a novelty thing and people will enjoy it. Um, but I think this is going to be a big deal. And I said, look, I'm paying for it. I'm going to fly up on my own, but I'll do live shots for you on Friday and Saturday, which I did through the live view app on my phone. And my wife was the camera person and, and that was it. She was more than happy to let us go. So while it was snowing here, I had the opportunity to actually be live from Boston as well. So it was kind of cool. And that's my wife right there. She's pretty athletic. And I wouldn't have told that. I, I would have just played it off as you because I mean, I don't know any other <laughs> Ed stunt person. That's it. That's it. But it was a lot Greg. of fun. I mean, it was just incredible to be up there and experience that. It was it was everything I expected it to be and even more. Mm-hmm. Greg, how did you get roped into all of this? 
Well, I don't have to answer to anybody right now. So. <laughs> Freedom. So, I, and, and I've always been a very spontaneous person. So I, uh, I just said, you know, what the heck? Um, but uh, it's one of those things where I don't think uh, I've seen a storm like that maybe since I was a kid. Uh, there was one storm in Lancaster, Pennsylvania in the late 60s uh, where I think we had 18 inches of snow and drifts halfway up the house. Uh, but I don't remember, you know, anything like that. And I, I was really hoping that those early forecasts of the 960 millibar right. low, where everything was concentrated and there was like a little eye feature and the winds would be gusting to 60 and 70. That's what I was hoping for. Now it almost got there. Uh, but if I see another situation where it looks like it might do that, I'm going up again. There you go. <laughs> going back. Haven't had enough. Yeah. Now, Greg, have you experienced a blizzard before? We know it was Ed's first time. Like I said, this, this one when I was a kid in Lancaster might have rivaled uh, that. Uh, I think they they did declare it a blizzard, at least by the definition back then. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, I just thought, you know, being near the coast where there's nothing between you and Europe, but, uh, you know, a bunch of waves uh, that, you know, I might have a chance to experience more wind than I had ever experienced in a snow event before. And uh, I don't think I had ever experienced 45 mile an hour wind gusts when it was snowing. Wow. So Only we had a hurricane. Yeah. Fran right. in 96, I remember you right. talking about. Right. I want to read for folks before we get too far into the episode that blizzard has an actual definition from the National Weather Service. A blizzard means that the following conditions are expected to prevail for periods of three hours or longer. Sustained winds or frequent gusts to 35 miles an hour. So it sounds like you got maybe 10 more than that. And mm -hmm. considerable falling or blowing snow, reducing visibility to less than a quarter mile. I mean, what was the thought, Ed, when, when you got up there, you got off the plane, and, I mean, was it like a kid walking into Disney World? <laughs> we really were. I mean, yeah. we were walking around the city, gosh, this time tomorrow, we're going to be buried in snow. It's a lock. They can't miss this one. And uh, it was just incredible because it started snowing that night about midnight. So here we go. And by the time we got up in the morning, it was about three or four inches on the ground and the, uh, the winds were starting to pick up. The snow was getting heavier. And I think the National Weather Service in Boston declared a blizzard that lasted for seven hours and 39 minutes. So it was continuous. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was uh, official, which was, was good to know. Now, wait a minute, Ed. You're telling me you actually got a little bit of sleep before this happened? Because I would have, that would have been me. I'd probably been so excited I couldn't sleep the night before. <laughs> it wasn't easy to sleep, I can assure you that. But <laughs> I, I knew the bulk of it was coming from mid-morning through the late afternoon. So I said, oh, I'm going to get some sleep tonight, and then we'll just watch it all unfold uh, through the daytime tomorrow. And what I found remarkable about the whole thing was how quickly – they move that snow mm. away. I mean, they are pros at moving snow. I mean, nobody mm -hmm. ever stopped driving during the blizzard, no. which was incredible. No. And there's why they moved all the snow drifts or moved all the snow into drifts. Yep. You guys, saw, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just going to compliment what you said. I saw you tweeting about how quickly that snow was being cleared out. And I was thinking back to my days growing up in a New York suburb where they were also really quick to clean things out. You saw people, you saw people still out about like jogging, like nothing was happening. <laughs> and I, uh, Eric Fisher, who is a chief meteorologist at WBZ in Boston, I'd asked him about that. And he told me, he goes, look, during the winter, people are training for the Boston Marathon. So you can guarantee that if there's a blizzard, there's always going to be somebody out for a long run during a blizzard. <laughs> and sure enough, that was pretty epic to see that. I was going to ask you guys if, uh, if I could share with you the uh, few moments that I was actually scared. Oh, yeah. Geez. 
Wow. Um, so I wanted to get up to a beach area uh, again so I could feel the full effect of the wind. And it took me six people uh, to finally find the right train station. But I finally did. And then I looked at my phone and the battery had gone from 50% to 8% in, in 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden it dawned on me, I went through this in Barrow, Alaska. iPhones don't like cold, you know. <laughs> so I had back to the hotel room, charged up the battery, and I'm losing light now. You know, the sun goes down early up there. And so I get on the train, go up there, get about three stops away from Revere Beach, and it says, this train's out of service now. Uh-oh. So they brought another one in, got on that, finally got up there, and, and actually got out on the beach where there was a foot of snow and breaking waves, and that was all cool. And then I go back to the train station, and the announcement says, the next train will leave in one minute. Well, that recording played for 45 minutes. <laughs> and so the guy next to me says, you might want to look at a bus. So I buy a bus ticket, go up to a lady at the counter, and she says, I said, what bus do I take to downtown Boston? She said, there is no bus from here that goes to downtown Boston. And everything else is closed. And so I'm sitting there thinking, I'm going to die of hypothermia at this train station. Oh my God. If, they, if they don't start running the trains at some point, you know, this is not going to be good. Uh, but thankfully, about 15 or 20 minutes later, one finally showed up and I met uh, Ed and his wife for dinner and all was fine. But there was a brief period of time there where I was sitting there thinking, <laughs> yeah, we were just so you guys know, we were actually in Boston at the same time uh, on different flights, obviously. But Greg went to the coast and, and my wife and I stayed in Boston and then we met up that night and, and on Sunday as well. So, yep. Oh, I think we Ed, have one picture from one of those dinners. Go ahead, Scott. There you go. <laughs> well, Ed, lo, lo and behold, you're you're there in Boston and, and you're doing a live shot for, for the station and you run into a group of people from Myrtle Beach. I mean, how <laughs> how coincidental is that? That's bizarre. I mean, I had posted on social that you know that we were gonna be out at Boston Common and we were gonna be live and, and they found me, this group of people that were there on a conference uh, from the Marriott here in Myrtle Beach. So we got on the air Saturday morning, and there it is right there. And we did Snow Angels on the air back in Myrtle Beach, which I thought was was pretty cool. I can't remember doing that since I was a kid, so that was fun. But there they are. They were uh, having a good time just enjoying the snow just like I was. That that That's amazing. Um, so tell, tell us a little bit about um, what that was like. Because, you know, here in the Carolinas, I, I don't know, maybe in the mountains, they've, there's been some blizzard conditions. But just kind of – you were out in the elements, both Greg, you, you and Ed both were. Talk about what it was like, just that snow, high snowfall rates, the wind blowing, like just describe the scene for us. I mean, I, I know it had to be amazing. Yeah, I mean, everything is uh, traveling horizontally, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Um, and I was talking to uh, uh, Dr. Gary Lackman up at NC State uh, recently, and he was talking about the fact that if you actually trace uh snowflakes, you know, how far they actually travel as they come down, uh, that the origin of those flakes can be miles away, you know, from where you're actually standing. Uh, And so I was sitting here thinking, you know, even though it's blowing horizontally or, you know, or because it's blowing horizontally, how far away did these flakes start, you know? Is this in Canada where it started? (laughs) Right, you know. Um, But, and and the flakes were not all that terribly big. No, they were pretty small. Yeah. I mean, it's 19 degrees, I think, and very dry snow. Um, but go ahead. No, I mean, if you were that, that's that's exactly right. And uh, and then, of course, you know, you had some areas because of the wind blowing where there was like almost nothing on the ground. And then a few feet away, you had these big drifts. And, 
and, and I, I remember I, I did a little video, I think it was Sunday night. And uh, I said, now I know there's, there's an inconvenience with this and so forth, but would you rather have this or 33 degrees in rain? And I said, if you answer 33 in rain, I'm just going to be honest and say, we have nothing in common. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing worse than a cold rain that oh, you wish no. was snow, and now you're soaking wet. <laughs> snow already! You know, for me, I, you, know, you know how it is here in the Carolinas. Most of our, it's always on the verge of being rain. So the flakes are fat like silver dollars, you know, <laughs> partially melted. And uh, it's compacting, you know, I think of what, five to six to one, you know, yeah. uh, one inch of rain equals five to six inches of snow around here. Up there, they were estimating close to 20 inches of snow for an inch of rain. Very, very fluffy, dry snow. And with that wind blowing, man, it would pierce you. My wife and I walked mm -hmm. down, and we're like, we need to go get the goggles, which was the best thing we had ever done. I mean, that was a game changer to have goggles <laughs> so that uh, we could protect our eyes. So it was just amazing. And that, that's Gives you an idea of how strong the winds were. That snow's pretty vertical there. And those bigger chunks are actually uh, uh, snow falling off the hotel. Mm. It could be dangerous. Yeah, if it, especially when it iced up. Let me ask you both this. You've both forecasted snow in the Carolinas. And I've, I've made this comment before on this show, and you guys can tell me if I'm right or wrong. But I feel like when you're in the north where they are used to snow and have lots of equipment, the snow for forecast, sometimes it's just 1 to 3, 3 to 6, 6 to 12, and everything after that good luck where down here <laughs> there seems to be this pressure to forecast one inch one and a half inch two <laughs> inch two and a half like the gradient that you're expected to perform at seems incredibly difficult did you did you observe that at all in boston they had big numbers on every one of their maps they didn't have you know and they were in some of the ranges were probably 12 inches which i was kind of surprised at but you know given that situation i can understand it like down here though we're like a dusting to a half an inch, a half an inch to an inch, you know, in reality, there's such a small difference, yes. you know, and how do you even forecast that? I, and, and that's interesting. Like when you think about QPF in the summertime and you have an all day mm -hmm. rain, nobody cares if it's, you know, a quarter of an inch or an inch. The, the bottom line is that it rained all day. Um, whereas when it comes to snow, the demands are much more specific, mm -hmm. you know, in terms of what those uh, amounts are going to be. Um, so, you know, but obviously you can't go on the air and say two to 12, you know, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> not here. <laughs> um, I saw a yeah, range yeah. of 18 to 30 on one of the maps up there. So. Right. But at they that all, point, they the impact is just, <laughs> what was that? I said at that point, the impact's the same, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, yeah, no doubt. I was saying that, you know, everything was up and running by Sunday. I mean, every, every road, even the side roads were plowed by Sunday morning. So they did a lot overnight. If that was us in the Carolinas, we'd still be down for the count. <laughs> It'd be another week, probably. You know, this, this is not a snow uh, issue, but uh, I just wanted to raise a quick point, just something that's interested mm -hmm. me a lot, is that, um, say, in the summertime, where you see a five-day forecast, and every day there's a sun, a cloud, a raindrop, and a lightning bolt, and it might look to you pictorially like it's going to be a very unsettled week, and I shouldn't make any outdoor plans. Well, if it rains an hour every day, that means that there are 13 hours that are perfectly fine for doing things outside. And so I often have wondered, is the public more interested in the duration of rain as opposed to the amount? Because the duration mm -hmm. has a lot more to do with what they can do outside and what they can't. That's okay. a really good point, right? Because even if it's just drizzling all day long, you don't get a ton of 
rainfall right. could still mess up whatever your afternoon outdoor plans were, or even throughout the whole day. That's um, yeah. it's a very interesting point. I want to ask a question. How did how did you two get this uh, budding great friendship relationship? Because the second <laughs> you guys connected tonight, it was there was clearly a spark there. What's the backstory? <laughs> So I, I watched Greg in college, believe it or not. When I was at NC State, um, Greg was just the man up there and, and was for 36 years, I believe. And uh, so we uh, developed a friendship when I was actually in college still. And uh, we just maintained that. Him and Eric Thomas, just to name a few, were the go-to guys for me through my career to ask questions. I was never bashful about doing that. And <laughs> You know, we'd hang out at conferences, me and him and Eric, and just and have a great time. And, and it just grew into a great friendship. And, uh, you know, the goal would be to have Greg eventually work here at, uh, at our station. We'll see if that ever happens. And do you know his wife is my real estate agent? That's it. <laughs> I, are you are you buying property in Myrtle Beach? Do you have you property in Myrtle Beach? Yeah, I, I oh, live here okay. And, uh, and she's also my advisor to make sure that I don't like pick really, really bad wallpaper, you know, or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to have somebody like that in your life. He's already yeah. a really big dork. We don't need him to be any That's bigger right. than he already is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've, so got a I've got a question though. How did, how did Eric Thomas not get wrangled into this? We should have. He's available. Uh, it, He's free. Actually, I reached out to Eric <laughs> and uh, Eric actually had a, he's doing a lot of uh, uh, videography stuff mm -hmm. now, now that he's retired because he's very talented at that. And uh, he had a shoot on Saturday that he could not rearrange or oh. change. So, but he was all, he was, you know how Eric is. He's like, oh my God, oh my God, I should have went. But <laughs> well, was, I, I was going to say, Eric, you know, we, I did an interview with Eric and he was like, uh, you know, now I've got free time. I can go chase these storms, you know, tornadoes, thunderstorms. So I was like, man, this has been a perfect opportunity for him to, to get up there <laughs> with was, you all. If he didn't have that photo shoot, he would have been up there with us. Three <laughs> stooges. He, that would have been something. <laughs> oh, God. Well, yeah. if he's watching right now, he could just take a look at that map right behind you, and you guys right. can pick a spot and just go. That's true. Right. I'm up for a second blizzard. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so, there are blizzard I, warnings in effect in West Texas right now, so you could you could go to West Texas right now if you want to. Go. Hop right. in the Camaro, Ed. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> That's oh, what great. I want to know, actually, is why didn't you tell them you needed to drive the Camaro up there? So that you could do donuts and parking lots in two feet of space. Yeah, it's. I think it's that fifteen-hour drive that kind of got me at my age, man. I don't think I would have been able to walk after that. So, yeah, Ed, I have to, Ed, I have to ask you. I, I know you're mine up in Boston, but I mean, like you said, Myrtle Beach did get a little bit of snow. I, the beach was covered, so I know you had one one eyeball back here on the Grand Strand checking out what was going on there. I mean. Uh, let's talk about winter in Myrtle Beach. And Greg, I know you live there, so love for you to chime in too. This has actually been a pretty active winter for you guys down along mm -hmm. the Grand Strand. Yeah, it really has. I mean, uh, snow is not very common here at all. You just like anywhere along the Carolina coast, once in a blue moon, you get a pretty big storm. And I think our last decent one was, I want to say 2008 when we had three to six inches of snow or 2010, forgive me. 2000 we had a good snow and in 1989 as well but yeah to see flakes at the beach is always a, a pretty incredible thing and uh unfortunately or fortunately i was in boston so i didn't get to see him here i had to watch him on my nest cam at my house <laughs> but yeah well, people it, loved it i mean they were all you know freaked out about it loving it and just taking a million photos that's for sure well, if it made your news director feel any better, apparently across the street at your competition that was great jamie arnold wasn't there either I thought right, this he's in Idaho. 
Yeah, I, I asked Jamie, what are you doing in Idaho? He said, I wanted to get away. He's like, We've, it's been busy enough. So <laughs> he, he was, that was funny. He, he tweeted that graphic to me, and I'm like, that's that's classic right there. That <laughs> The only way you're going to get snow in Myrtle Beach is if both he and I are out of town. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know the next time you guys leave town, okay? We just... Right, we, we will. I think we're going to need to coordinate that so that people here can get some snow. That's a great forecast tool. That's, That's a great <laughs> forecast tool. Uh, Ed, let me ask you this, and uh, no one's trying to get rid of you, but you know, you used the word bucket list because you had never done this before. Are there right. other things on your on your bucket list? Say you want to do before you retire. Gosh, I you know I've done enough hurricanes here. I can tell you that I don't care to ever see one of those again. Mm. I do want to fly with the hurricane hunters. I was scheduled to be on a flight in 98 to go into Hurricane Mitch, which was Category 5 in the Caribbean. Um, but because it got close enough to land, they had canceled my flight that I was going to be on. And the challenge, of course, is, is they need you here. So how do you catch a flight uh, when it takes several days to, you know, round trip to get all that done? But that's one of my goals, one of my uh, bucket list items to fly on the Hurricane Hunters. And do you know I had a chance to do that like 20 years ago and I turned it down uh, because that was at a point in time where, if there was any turbulence on an airplane flight at all, I knew I was going to die. Oh. Uh, and I, I was petrified. I mean, and uh, I remember a flight out of Des Moines one time. It was clear air turbulence. And I had a cup of coffee. And all of a sudden, the coffee is like five feet above the cup. Uh, but now, somebody gave me a great analogy. They said, just imagine a truck driving on a bumpy road. And it just happens to be 30,000 feet up. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, I, I probably, if I got that chance again, I probably would jump right. on it. Greg and I have actually talked about this was years ago, and I don't know if you remember. The other thing we want to do is, at least I do, is to go to the Tug Hill mm -hmm. and experience lake effect snow. Because yes. that's the end-all be-all to heavy snow for sure. I like now, this series you guys have going of like mm -hmm. these chasing these big snow events, Scotty. That would Take be a life. that would be an epic event. I mean, you can't beat lake effect snow. I mean, if you get right in there under the right band, I mean, you can pile the snow up in a hurry. So um, Ed, Ed, one more thing I want to ask you, and I know you got to get ready for, for the news. Um, we, I was able to attend the pizza party that you threw from Myrtle beach. Uh, but at the same time we had the tornadoes in Kentucky. So I right. didn't really get an opportunity to really talk about exactly what the setup was and the idea. So, uh, for those folks who heard us mention about it, but I didn't, we didn't really get to do in detail since we have the mastermind himself here. Talk to us a little bit about how this pizza party came for the Grand Strand. And I mean, I was there, it was a huge turnout. I mean, huge we turnout. 3,500 people, which was shocking to me, but we were all on the same page. Everybody wanted to get through a season without a hit for a change. We had gone through five years and I just remember tongue in cheek saying in the beginning of the hurricane season, man, if we get through this hurricane season, I'm going to throw a big pizza party. Didn't even give it a second thought. And then <laughs> as we get going, here. That's it. Oh, there you go. So as we're going through the season, you know, I'm posting about different tropical things and people keep asking about the pizza party. And I'm like, oh, this is kind of taken off. And then I had pizza places reaching out. Hey, we really want to be part of this. If we make it, we'll donate pizza. So I said, all right, I got to meet with our management about this. <laughs> and so we decided, you know, once we got to the end of November, we were planning in November thinking we were safe. And we decided we we're going to have a band play out there. We're going to get a bunch of local pizza places to donate the pizza and, and just have a really fun time. And then, um, you know, I said, I'm going to invite Jim Cantori. And Jim used to come to our ABC 15 golf tournaments back in the late 90s and early 2000s. So, and as you all know, he's just, just a great guy. And he was like, yeah, man, I'd love to come out for that. <laughs> 
because he's, you know, the running joke is if you see Jim in town, you run out of town. Because, yeah, right. you know, <laughs> yeah. So it was neat to have him in town. And he was very gracious and did the interview with us. And then, of course, he had a he had to leave from there. But that's how it came. That's how it came about. It was just a, a great community event uh, to just enjoy a hurricane issue free season, hurricane free issues, whatever the word is. You know, it was, go, go ahead. Uh, it was a great event. I, I don't want to embarrass Ed here, but I got to tell him. I got to tell this story. So we have uh, numerous pizza tents here. I mean, just I think there was, I, I don't know, what, 30-some pizza tents. Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh. a lot of pizza tents. We had a band. Santa Claus was there, so you could get your picture with Santa. But here was this huge line from the outfield wall all the way across the field to home plate, and that line was there to take pictures with Ed. So Ed was bigger than Santa Claus that day. Everybody wow. wanted to meet Ed. I don't Ed. know about that. <laughs> now I got pictures I can prove. <laughs> when you're, you know how it is when, you're, when you've been in a place for 28 years just by default. <laughs> You know, like, oh, okay, I'll go take a picture with that guy. You know, you know <laughs> no. that he has a clause in his contract. Yeah. Oh, I got it. <laughs> no, Ed, Ed, seriously, the uh, the folks of Myrtle Beach really do love you, Ed. And that was I a great, commu- great community event. And um, I can speak for myself and Christian and Dylan. We were able to attend and uh, just really enjoyed the event. It was it was really well done. And if we keep getting winter storms, you might have to throw something else together, Ed. I know. I You know, how do we top next year if we get a, another hurricane? We'll figure it out because if we can do that, that'd be great. And I appreciate you guys coming down and, and hanging out too. That meant a lot for to me. Oh, it was it was a great time. We enjoyed it. So James, I'll toss it back to you. We'll we'll top stop hurricanes because I know hurricane season's coming quick enough. And we- <laughs> I was gonna give Ed and Greg one last chance to throw anything else in they wanted to share about their trip that maybe we didn't mention before we get on to Jared to talk about the current weather situation. Yeah, I was just gonna comment about the fact, and we've talked about this before the show started that even though we've had all these winter events, it's still possible that the original winter forecast of above normal temperatures and below normal precip could verify. Uh, and it's it's just, uh, and, and the same thing with the hurricane season. I mean, the number of storms doesn't matter. It's how strong they are and who they hit. So you could have 13 of them out in the middle of the Atlantic giving fish anxiety attacks, but not causing any other problems. And uh, but it only takes one. You know, Andrew was in a below normal year. Mm-hmm. I think Alicia in 83 was in a below normal so was year. Hugo, I believe. Right. So uh, that's why I've always been so reluctant, you know, to put a lot of weight in these things, because people think that all 90 days of the winter are going to be warm and dry. And it just rarely turns out to be that way. It kind of goes back to what you were saying about weather apps, kind of the, the same deal. You know, it's it's not going to be. When you see the little raindrop on the screen, it's not going to be raining all day. It's going right. to be raining from one to four, maybe. Uh-huh. You know, it, so there's plenty of time there. There's plenty of there, there's plenty of range there. That's a, that's a really good point. I've had 37 years to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> 37 years in broadcasting. That's a quarter of his life. A quarter. Um. <laughs> For me, it, it goes beyond just the big snowstorm uh, in Boston, which was phenomenal and something I'll never forget. My wife and I just had a blast up there and, and we did with Greg as well. Um, but I've really learned that freezing rain absolutely sucks. There's no yeah. worse precipitation on the planet than freezing rain because it's below freezing. You're getting rain and everything is freezing up and getting slick. Um, and I didn't have to deal with that at all. 
in Boston. It's guaranteed 99% of the time, any winter storm that impacts our area, yeah. there's going to be freezing rain if there's any frozen precipitation at all. So it's nice to see just fluffy white everywhere. You guys ever hear about the uh, the king of Antarctica? No, but I'm all ears. Yeah, he, he had a freezing rain. But um bump. We need sound effects on this uh, oh, production. Man, I, don't, I don't have I, I have a soundboard, but I have not yet gotten this. It's not hooked up. Yet. No, it's not hooked up. No, I'm gonna next have time. To... I expect more from you next time, Jared. Uh, I'm, getting there. I'm getting there. Jared's getting pressure. We'll remember to buy a soundboard next time we get a big check from a sponsor, right? There that's you right. go. No, that's, yeah, that's right. send, us, send us a super chat right now if you're watching on YouTube. All right. Uh, well, you guys are welcome to stay. We're going to talk about the snow. But before we do that, do you guys have social media or things you'd like to plug? Of course, what would be an interview if we can give you a chance to plug uh, where we can find you and what you're up to? Oh, man, if you're ever at the beach, just look up ABC 15. I know, you know, we, the beauty of this market is is we all get along really well at all the different television stations. You know, we know we're not competing really against one another. It's competing against apps and, and <laughs> everything else that's out there. So uh, we all get along really well. But if you're ever in town, we hope you watch ABC 15. So you keep me in a job for a few <laughs> more years. <laughs> yeah. And I, I just have a, I, I have a personal profile and then I, uh, you know, just Greg Fischel and then I, uh, created one of those, what do they call them? Pages or whatever. Yes. You know, it's like, I think it's Greg Fischel and other weather, weather and other stuff or right. something like that. Uh, but you, if you put that in the search engine, it'll probably show up somewhere. <laughs> All right. Well, Ed, make sure you give your intern there a passing score. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I need you to go get me dinner. All right. <laughs> Two cups of coffee. That's yeah. it. There you go. Well, the stakes are high. That's yeah. it. <laughs> Uh, well, we appreciate you guys. Again, you're welcome to stick around as we continue on this live show. Or if you got someplace to be, that's understandable, too. Uh, we're going to go on down to Charleston, South Carolina. And Jared's going to talk about, well, exactly what's been on the map behind you guys this entire broadcast here on this beginning of February. Jared is yeah. another winter storm impacting the East Coast. A lot of people. It's not thank just you, the thank, East Coast. Thanks, guys. I was going to say no <laughs> pressure, you, but they're still sitting there. So now you're going to have to do the weather in front of them. <laughs> uh, hey, no, that's okay. I, I can deal with that. You know, it's <laughs> and, 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 and this is the thing that kind of blows my mind here is that we have 2,100 plus miles of winter storm warnings alone stretching from almost the Texas Mexico border. One county, one county. Can we just, just who do I have to bribe to get a little upgrade down there? Right. Um, so we need to get yeah, El Paso. All right. service. Yeah. I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll figure EPX. We'll talk. Um, but yeah, I mean, 2,100 miles from, you know, border to border, just about this thing is insane. I mean, this is, I, I just, there's no words for that. Um, Except it's February in the CONUS, right? <laughs> I mean, so, you know, we zoom out here, you know, Ed had this up on his uh, screen behind him here. And, you know, and, and and so taking a look at just the current, all the current things here, we show isobars because uh, we don't have consultants telling us not to. That's so and, smart. Uh, yeah. And well, guys, uh, we're going to have to cut out, though, because I've got to get ready for the 10 and Greg's got to run. No worry. We appreciate you guys. Gentlemen, it was, on. it was an honor. Thank you. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Great work there, guys. Talk to you soon. So long. It was the isobars, Jared. The it was the isobars. <laughs> yeah, too, too much for these guys. I get it. No, I totally get it. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I mean, massive storm. And again, it shows up. You have a little bit of everything here. We got some rain up in front of it. We actually have a little stream of rain uh, moving into uh, the uh, Greenville area, Greenville and Western North Carolina uh, this evening. 
but we got snowfall western you know, west texas through a good bit of oklahoma i'm sure that i'm sure that the oklahoma um severe weather you know the oklahoma weather folks i'm sure are are handling that with the usual calm and precision that they handle with all I, actually weather. actually they're freaking out right now i have a buddy andrew who was on our show a couple months ago they're dry slotting in norman right now so they're not really happy right now everybody's getting snow but norman and it's sleeting there so oh, yeah no that sounds about right i mean you know you, uh, i mean that's it's that's definitely right once one thing you need to get used to if you're going to be a meteorologist is that there is a weather dome over all major meteorologist populations. Yes. Centers. State College, Raleigh, Norman. Weather just doesn't mm -hmm. happen in places like that. You mm -hmm. have to go someplace. Because we are Big Island or because we like having angry viewers? Both. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the famous DC snow hole too, right? I mean, that's, that's, yeah, that's something that, too. that I was like, you know, I, I think about the other CWG up in Washington and, uh, and uh, Ian Livingston and the gang always talking about the snow hole. So yeah, it's a, uh, they're not having much fun up there sometimes, although they've had a, they've had a good run this year. It's, it's actually been a little bit better for them, but yeah, I mean, this, this kind of wide radar view really doesn't show that it is sleeting in Norman. It doesn't really resolve down that, but um but you can see you have ice pellets and then you maybe have some freezing rain uh, coming into Dallas. I mean, <laughs> holy moly. I mean, it's 32 and let's see, that's mesquite. There's uh, yeah. Light freezing rain and mist in Dallas. So if you were, uh, yeah. Scotty, I think you're muted. Wouldn't be a live show otherwise. Wouldn't be a live show without. It. We know how bad Dallas is traffic-wise without any precipitation. Imagine putting on some freezing rain out there right now. Yeah, that's uh, that, that's going to do it. I mean, I mean, that's uh, you know, you put some freezing freezing rain in the Metroplex, it's game over. Um, and 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 this thing is just massive. I mean, you have a you have snow and sleet and freezing rain stretching up all the way into Indiana, and then. Uh, more snow basically up towards Detroit and all the way into Canada. And this is going to come eastward over the next couple days for before us. You advance. Yeah. Before you advance. Uh, <laughs> did you just scream us? Because I had US on the graphic. Yeah. Um, before you advance, Donald with a question on YouTube. What's yeah. with the big gap of snow in the Midwest where nothing is happening? You know, let me check on that. Because th this is... Uh, it would not surprise me if there was a little um, sinking air here. I'll have to let me let me um, we'll let me hit you back in the in the comments here when yeah. we uh, when we get yeah, off. Yeah, that's kind of what's going on. There's a little jet streak over Ohio that's causing that one wave of uh, stuff yeah. in the Eastern Great Lakes region, and then the main action is back in the Southern Plains states right now. Yep, yeah. There's there's yeah. There's one. Here's the 500 millibar. So yeah, here's here's one trough here. There's that, there's your, there's your main kind of lead guy. There's your moisture transport all the way from the Pacific. And then you have a little streak here, little streaky here, and then some sinking air in the middle, generally the way that works out. So, uh, good eye, Frank, um, good stuff. So yeah. So, you know, what does this mean for us? Yes. What and does it mean for us? so there's a couple things. One, GSP has a flood watch out. I don't remember the last time I looked at a GSP map and saw that they had a flood watch for like actual water rain, not like snow. And I'm so used to looking at maps from up there. That, yeah, are, that would uh, be back in September or something. The last time that's happened, I think. Yeah, it's been a minute. You know um, I could actually look that up. I was just looking up the last blizzard warning that was issued and, mm -hmm. and actually the only uh, office that serves South Carolina that's ever issued a blizzard warning is GSP. But it was, yeah. I'm pretty sure, in the, in the mountains of North Carolina because it was as same, same goes days for, ago. 
same goes for uh, North Carolina. You'd have to either use GSP or Roanoke because anything right. of east of there just has never actually happened. Yep. Yeah. Hey, Jared, you're you're talking about flooding. Some people asked me about that today. Why is there flood watches and why are we talking about the possibilities from flooding? But you got to remember uh, a couple of things here. It's the winter time, and anytime you get a lot of heavy rain falling. The grass is dormant, so it's not able to really soak in that rain, and so it just kind of runs off. Also, the grounds, I mean, I've, I've honestly, my neighbor here has snow still in the yard from two and a half weeks ago. So the ground is still cold. I, I'm not saying it's freezing, but it, it's really cold. So when it's cold, it, it's harder for that water to absorb in. So, you know, if we get that band of heavy rain, especially on Friday, uh, we could definitely see some runoff issues. So that, that even though I, I believe still part of the state's in a abnormally dry uh, spot in the drought mm-hmm. monitor uh we still have those mm-hmm. flood watches up just because of the seriousness of the runoff from that heavy rain it is also worth noting that um that the in at least in south carolina the drought committee met earlier this week and declared south carolina drought free uh yes we for did. dnr so uh the dnr hmm. uh, did a release there um which you know get on that mailing list please it's it's phenomenal um if you're in south carolina you should be on the mailing list no question so yeah days since last flood warning yeah it's been a minute i mean that's yeah 117 days from the gsp office that's the last flood warning i can pop the last uh flash flood warning too uh we'll take about 15 seconds for it to put that together and I think this is a. I think the flash flood warning was a uh, was a, um, a casualty of Hassimp, as I uh, or the flash flood watch rather has was a casualty of Hassimp, as I remember. Um, that's why they're right. only flood watches now. Pretty much the same. One hundred sixteen days since the last flash flood yeah. warning in the GSP yeah. area. Um, the the other offices like have ago. had more recent uh, flash flood warnings. So that would take us back to yeah. what September, and probably the last time mm-hmm. we were dealing with a tropical system. Yep. Uh, we got a good, I mean, again, we have a really good tap of moisture from the Pacific with this system. And eventually it's going to move into the Gulf as we go, uh, go forward here. I'm using the, uh, uh, for reference, I'm using the 18 GFS to show this again. This is uh, this is a, a general idea of what we could look at. Um, and, uh, and, and we'll get a look at uh, kind of what we're, what we're expecting here. And yeah, you can see that some kind of, whoop, whoop, a good bit of heavy rain here, guys. It's it, it, you know some nice some nice downpours working into the area as we get into uh, early Friday morning, and um, and that's gonna pro- that's gonna progress eastward as time goes on. Now the GFS seems to weaken this a little bit and as the the main uh, surface low um, moves north, but we're gonna keep some rain in the forecast in the in the uh, in the uh, Carolinas here. Uh, into saturday morning and then this front is going to kind of hang up a little bit and a low pressure is going to develop a long said front and by saturday evening if we can get my graphics to do the thing because here comes the inevitable coastal low the coastal low is going to happen and and the thing about the coastal low is that you know, this is the situation in which we've got to watch this for, you know, some overrunning or anything like that. The good news is, is that the trend is further south. Um, it's definitely further south, further east, um, which will limit the threat of winter weather. There is a slight chance of a little bit of winter weather filling in. Um, uh, uh, this model seems to think, you know, and again, we've, we've had some runs. Uh, the European run, for example, has been getting drier. 
uh, as time goes on. But we have some, you know, but we have some here uh, that suggests that we could see a little bit of winter weather, maybe in northern South Carolina, maybe in central North Carolina. Um, this is showing, you know, this is showing a brief round of freezing rain. I hope that certainly doesn't happen. Um, as I attempt to advance forward through time, but apparently uh, we are abusing, we're saturating all the bandwidth over here. Uh, <laughs> so, so, but so all that to say that, um, you, you know, we, we're going to be watching that, you know, very closely, but, but again, it looks like it's going to be a situation where we have the cold uh, is going to be behind the moisture. The, the, the chances are low again, you know, we're showing, we're showing the 18 Z, we were showing the 18Z GFS until technology failed me. Um, yeah. and, well, but what's so, up, so to summarize, we have a slight chance of seeing a little bit of wintry precipitation Saturday night, Sunday morning yeah. in a few places. But is it during those overnight hours, too? Uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to it's it's mainly going to be overnight. It's it's going to be overnight, maybe early into Sunday. Um, okay. But again, the chances WPC has been going down on the chances. If anything, they've been, they've been trending downward on that. Um, so, you know, we'll wait and see. We'll obviously we're going to get into the range of the mess scale models in the next couple of days. We'll have a better idea as to like, what's what exactly. But, um, this is certainly not the widespread winter weather events that we have right. been seeing by any stretch of the imagination. And, you know, for the vast majority of us, we are going to see liquid precipitation from this. And thank goodness, I don't think I've ever been so happy to see actual rain with nothing else coming along with it. Where Jared is hoping in a loving way that we don't have to do nightly updates. <laughs> hey, look, I mean, on another winter storm. <laughs> you know, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's, I, I love what I do, but sometimes you just got to get some sleep, man. They keep happening on weekends. Uh, so Donald had a question uh, going back to what we were talking about, about whether or not we've ever had a blizzard in the Carolinas. And you guys will remember from the beginning of the show that blizzard has a definition of 35 mile per hour winds with blowing or falling snow, reducing visibility to a quarter mile and lasting for three or more hours. So, Frank, you went back to your uh, wizardry and you've pulled up a graphic that will answer that official definition question. What did you find? Well, this would be the last time a blizzard warning was issued uh, by, uh, by the Weather Service uh, offices. And, and this uh, map shows it around the country, of course. It's only been a few days uh, since the last blizzard warning issued for some places in the east. And there's currently some uh, blizzard warnings in effect uh, up in the uh, North Dakota uh, northwest Minnesota, West Texas, and Southeast New Mexico, and also up in Alaska, too. Uh, but uh, for the Carolinas, it has been a long, long, long time since a blizzard warning was issued. Now, this is not an actual blizzard that's occurred. It's just one uh, that was uh, warned for, which uh, was expected to. Now, uh, the uh, Blacksburg office, uh, it's been 3,382 days since they issued one. They cover uh, far northwestern North Carolina, including the Boone area. So, uh, it's been a while for them. GSP does have at least one on record, and unfortunately the number didn't show up, but I went and looked in the date, data. It's been 4,374 days, which uh, according to timeanddate.com takes us back to February 11th, 2010. What happened on February 11th, 2010, or between the 10th and the 14th? A lot of snow, 17 inches at Mount wow. Mitchell, 16.6 at Beach Mountain, Banner Elk had 10.7. Um, Goldsboro had six, Boone, uh, five and a half, 
a lot of reports of snow across North Carolina. So yeah, I bet that blizzard warning verified. Also, uh, on in the uh, in the in the, the my favorite Carolina, uh, this is a a nice day for snow too. There was eight point six inches uh, here in Columbia from that storm. I don't think it was a blizzard, but uh, there was a lot of snow from that storm. That's still a lot of uh, snow, blizzard or not blizzard. Yeah. yeah, I remember. I remember that one in Charleston, and and that was a that was a good one. I mean, that was that was legitimate. You know, yes, right down five here, inches. Yeah, I mean, plenty of snowmen. Yeah, five, um, five inches didn't last North too Charleston. long. So two of them actually two reports there. Yep, of yep. about five inches. Yeah, no, so the blizzard is probably confined to those higher elevations in the mountains. Most likely was. I, I suspect that that's where the. Uh, blizzard warnings were issued where mountain counties. My recollection is that at least in at least in my lifetime, going back as early as I can remember, I could never remember a blizzard warning being issued for any place in South Carolina. It was close with the 93 storm. Um, uh, Beck County, the North Carolina, uh, Charlotte Metro counties were under a blizzard warning. I remember hearing that on the radio that it had just been issued. So uh, that's that's the one time I could remember it for North Carolina outside the mountains. I can't ever remember a blizzard warning being in effect in South Carolina anywhere. Now, that's not saying it hasn't happened, but I don't have any recollection of it. Yeah. And and I think keeping in mind, too, that the website, you know, Frank, that website that you're using at the Iowa Mesonet, we have a couple people asking about, you know, what that is. And, And if you haven't been to the Iowa Mesonet website, they ha- he has hundreds of different ways to plot any piece of weather data you could ever consider. Um, what Daryl Hersman has got going on there is, is f- fantastic. Um, right. Yeah, I was going to make sure he mentioned his name, Daryl Hertzman. We've had him on, haven't we, on Carolina Weather Group? I don't know that we've had him. No, I would like to. We actually. have not. Okay. We, need to we, we ought to get him on. Yeah, we got to get him on. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, maybe it was Weather Brains that had him on. Yeah, sure, Weather but. Weather Brains had him. That was a good episode. That was a good episode. Uh, was I on the podcast or was I watching the podcast? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a good episode. Definitely recommend it. Uh, but but what he's got going on there, uh, you know, he's pulling the blizzard warning since the invention of Valid Time Event Code, which is a post Weather Service hey. modernization thing. How how yeah. about we do this? How about how about we screen share and share the process of how people can do that because if there's oh, interest yeah. in that yeah all right tutorial frank Who wants to do that frank or jared, jared? <laughs> I, i'm sorry i got distracted because i saw donald's uh another question or th- comment that donald made there about the all-time record high back in yeah i don't yep, I, th- I, I think this would be a it would yeah. be a good way for people to, you know, this is good mm-hmm. data to access. So maybe, maybe we could do a little tutorial. Uh, you know what? Tell you spot. what, I th- uh, tell you what, I think what we'll do, Scotty, is um, we'll, we'll put, we'll record something, put it on our YouTube. Um, and uh, that way it's, it, it's ready for everyone yeah. and they don't have to dig through a bunch of show. Um, I think that the most that- fun I have with Daryl Hertzman's site is when you can go back and look up and this goes way back, all the way back into the eighties. Uh, even yes, uh, old uh, NWS products from long, long time ago. You can look up, you, you can look up old. Uh, oh my God! Old statements from uh, the blizzard of '93 or the 2004 snowstorm in the Upstate, and some of them, it, the meteorologists do have a sense of humor, and sometimes it mm-hmm. comes out in those in those products, and and sometimes they're just fun to read. I remember James and I were going back and forth uh, looking for the last transmission from the Weather Service office in Charlotte. 
we were looking for the last oh, yeah. product it ever issued before GSP took over modern during modernization in the mid nineties. Um, there were some pretty funny ones in there. I mean, they, they, you know, these, these guys, you know, they, there was no internet at the time they could, I mean, who has, who said it? No port dishes at home. Who, who did it? Who did <laughs> exactly. Exactly. They all figured it was just uh, just a little fun conversation between meteorologists. They never thought it would ever be made public. (laughs) Yeah, no, a lot has changed. I mean, if you you ever read an AFD from back in the, you know, back in the 90s, it is uh, uh, it is very different from the area forecast discussion that, you know, and love today. It is a, a very different product. Um, All right. So to recap, teasing ahead, we're going to have tutorials on how to use Daryl's site. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to find out what the last bulletin ever issued from the National Weather Service in Charlotte is, which if anybody doesn't know, that office doesn't exist anymore. And mm-hmm. we're going to have to get back to Chris here, unless Frank also has this in his encyclopedia brain off the top of his head on whether or not there was a blizzard in February of 1973 in Sumter County. Something tells me we're going to have to pull out some books. I can actually answer that off the top of my head, and the answer is maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I could have said that, that. That storm does did produce the state 24-hour snowfall record for South Carolina in uh, Rim and I. Uh, they had 24 inches. Wow. Which, uh, that's pretty amazing for South Carolina. And that is, that's not the single storm record, but it is the 24-hour snowfall record for South Carolina. Well, I'm uh, I'm noticing Donald's already looking up. This must be the coldest temperature in South Carolina. Negative nineteen. Does that? Yeah, sound nineteen possible? below at Caesar's Head, uh, January twenty first of eighty five. Uh, well, for most people alive today, actually, for anyone that's that's alive since eighty five, that's the coldest day of your life. Some places here, in South Carolina were colder in eighteen ninety nine, mid February, but uh, most places, well, a lot of places saw their coldest on record uh, on that day. So we are two episodes away from our 400th episode of the Carolina Weather Group, which doesn't include Let's Talk Carolina Weather. It doesn't include live specials, just the weekly series uh, like we had tonight with Ed and Greg. And what I'm seeing here is already a blooming interest in what I think will be kind of a fan interactive fun show. Uh, And so we will... Uh, look to Chris and Donald and all of our other uh, loyal fans out there. Keep sending us questions and ideas because I think that's the direction we're going to go here later on in February is just to kind of geek out and nerd out with you all and celebrate 400 episodes, uh, which is which is crazy when you think about it. All right, guys, uh, we have learned a lot in this episode with Ed and Greg, who I had no idea were BFFs, but now I know. Secrets out, and I'll be curious to see where them, uh, <laughs> where they end up next. I mean, I think that will be uh, a really fun adventure. It's very interesting to see uh, when meteorologists get out there and just have that same love and joy of the weather. I really, really does. It, it made me think watching Ed's Twitter how I saw the same thing in Ed that I see in my young kid who wakes up, looks outside and screams, it's snowing. Uh, so that child I think is alive in, in so many of us. So that never leaves, never leaves. I know Scotty's still got it. He wants more snow. I still want one more storm. I want one more storm and then I'm ready for it to turn warm, but, uh, I'll be happy with what I got. I've, I've got, you know, every winter I keep a little notepad here on my weather desk and I document every winter storm warning, winter weather advisory, whatever, 
And I keep those to just reflect on wintertime. It's the only time I ever do it. So, so far here at my house, uh, we've had 8.8 inches of snow, which is way above normal. So normal for us is uh, they just switched it. It, You know, the new normals come out. I know the old normal was like five inches for for where I live. So I I can't remember if that was adjusted up or down or anything, but we're, we're over that. So I know it wasn't eight inches. So. Uh, we definitely surpassed that uh, in another La Nina year, which you don't really expect to happen. So, yeah, I mean, January, I mean, January really overperformed uh, it, it, by every measure. It was, uh, it was quite a, that was quite a month. It, it was. Over now and I'm ready to move on. It might be a, it might oh. be a podcast show that we, we bring our friends back to reflect on just the craziness from 80 degrees on January 1st to four consecutive Five can five snow events in Greensboro. I mean, it's yeah. it's been a wild ride. I'm not, I'm not over it yet. One uh, thing Frank, I'd like did you to bring up, up, yeah, talking about uh, La Nina here. One thing I'd like to bring up with a little bit of research I've been doing in the climate office uh, while looking at uh, what's happened and what might be coming up in the spring. I've noticed that when you have the uh, second dip of a double dip La Nina, sometimes you don't get what you expect from a La Nina winter. And when La Nina is starting to decay as it is now, sometimes you don't really get what you might expect during a La Nina winter or spring. Hmm. So um, I, I won't go in, into any more specifics than that because more study needs to be done. But uh, preliminary indications are that uh, these are some things you need to think about. Is that Interesting. If La Nina is decaying, then maybe the signal's a little different. If it's the second dip of a double dip, maybe the signal's mm-hmm. a little bit different. A Costanza La Nina, double dip the chip, and then you end it. When you there you of, go. When you're, talking, <laughs> when you're talking of double dip, I think of ice cream, like double scoops mm. of ice cream. Mm. All right, James, we we're totally went off track. No, wrap it up. Uh, Scotty, next week we're going to have an all-new episode of the Carolina Weather Group, which will be available really early for those of you who support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Carolina Weather Group. We had it prepared for tonight, and since it won't be airing until next week, you're going to have it multiple days early. But, Scotty, give us a little bit of a synopsis. This is the one we recorded just last week uh, featuring our guest panelist, Candice, and I had to jump off for most of the conversation. So what can we expect from from this show? that will premiere next week yes so we have kelly dobeck on she is a meteorologist up in cleveland ohio but actually has carolina ties she went to school at unca so we talk a little bit about her interest not only in meteorology but science and all the cool things that she's doing especially during the covid times uh we bring in her dog which i know jared enjoyed the Mm -hmm. dog makes an appearance and we talk a little bit of uh cleveland weather what it's like up there so really entertaining very very Um, snowy Yeah, it's a very, uh, it's a good, good entertaining show. And you'll also meet our guest panelist, Candace Jordan, as well, which uh, she really, I I didn't know, realize how close best friends they were until they were on the show. So, yeah. Again, uh, supporters of the Carolina Weather Group at patreon.com slash Carolina Weather Group can unlock early access to that episode for just $3.99 a month. And for a dollar, you'll unlock episode extras. So when we have something that doesn't make the show, you'll get it there on Patreon as a thanks for your support. We'll hope you'll find us on YouTube for our nonstop programming. It's called the Carolina Weathernet. 
It's made just for you, the Carolina weather fan. You can watch it any place you watch YouTube, on your smartphone, on your smart TV, at Jared's house. Wherever you watch YouTube, you can watch the best of the Carolina weather group alongside real-time weather conditions and forecasts across the Carolinas. It's streaming right now at the Carolina Weather Group YouTube page. If you're watching us right this moment on it, stand by. We'll get you back to regular programming in just a moment. But until next week, I'm James in Charlotte. That's Frank in Columbia, Scotty Powell in Morganton, Jared Smith in Charleston, with special thanks to this week's guests, Ed and Greg, who, if we're not careful, guys, they're going to launch a podcast of their own, I think. Uh, they can launch it under CWG. We'll just have a little offshoot. Come on mm-hmm. in. Bring Eric Com- in, too. So. Comedy Hour, the Three Stooges. That's what they call Greg and I are going to have to have a pun off, though. <laughs> I love it already. Yep. Have a good week.